We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partners in crime tonight, Steve Goldstein, Melonhead, and former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. We're here to cause hate and discontent throughout the world. Uh, no, wait, I think coronavirus, and apparently the Los Angeles Rams did this week with the release of their logo. We're going to get a full, full shot of opinions on this one. Uh, Mike and I just talked about before, we're going to get Steve's take, and 
basically kind of roll through what on earth is going on. First things first, Steve, it's been a long time since you've been on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Well, it's a wonderful evening, full of joy and cheer. Did some lawn work this <laughs> evening. You know, putting down some, yeah, uh, some lime I, and everything. I have a lawn here. Yeah. Can't say. How's the yeah, it's, it's been a while since 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 when we've been able to uh, talk some some good Rams footballs. Hopefully, uh, the season's not delayed here, and uh, you know we can we can go on as as scheduled. Go on as scheduled is a big one, right there. We're already hearing talk of college football being put away, like canceled already. It's March already. We're talking about this. I don't know, Mike. How you doing, man? Hey man, I'm doing real good. How about you? Chilling like a villain. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna go. say I'm not allowed to do anything. We can't go anywhere, so we're just kind of stuck here in coronavirus quarantine, talking about Rams logos. Yeah, we're in the off season for sure. Definitely in the off season. <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about Rams logos at 3:26 of the year, you know that uh, we're in the dead of. The football season. I mean, because the Rams didn't do much except lose players in the offseason thus far. Steve, I have a couple of things for you, though. It's been a while since you've been on the show, and and uh, I'd to know, what have you been up to? Like, globetrotting? What's up? Yeah, my my uh, my business, I, I work, uh, for those who, obviously, everybody pretty much doesn't know, um, I work in the motion picture business, so uh, a lot of times I have to... Uh, go out of town for several months at a time. So I was actually only home um, in L.A. for four months out of the year last year in 2019. I was away. <clears throat> I was away five months in Atlanta and three months in Cleveland, Ohio. So uh, now I'm home and obviously uh, home for good. It seems like they've shut down a lot of production uh, everywhere, like they've shut down pretty much everything everywhere. So we're just kind of home and uh, just just – waiting for that that the green light to uh get going again and then uh we'll start back up so i gotta i gotta embarrass you and michael a little bit because when you first popped on the call right away there was some michael stewart acknowledgement here what is your best michael stewart football memory my best michael stewart football memory that's that's a good one way not to put me on the spot there derek Uh, (laughs) welcome back (laughs) well, I remember when when uh, Michael was drafted out of Fresno State. Um, it was like uh, Michael, you're gonna have to correct me on this one, or at least check 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 me on this one. It was it was a, you were a mid round pick, right? Somewhere eighth round, eighth okay. round. But well, see, back, back then, then it was twelve. Yeah, back then it was twelve. Yeah. Right, right. So right. so so, yeah. so eight eight's not exactly mid, but you know it's close enough. Um, and uh, I remember. Um, you kind of getting your start on special teams, yeah, right. And uh, then then you came in and and uh, I think you were back there with were you back there with Vince Newsom where you were the free and he was the strong. Was that the pairing at the time? Maybe yeah, possibly? yeah. Uh, I was uh, initially with Vince and then right. it was with uh, Nolan when Vince actually right. got hurt. Right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, we we loved we loved. Uh, sitting in Anaheim Stadium watching Mike fly around there in the backfields. So uh, uh, I don't know that I have one specific sp- specific memory, but uh, definitely uh, w- one of the uh, all-time safeties there in Anaheim for sure. You know, it's weird. I, 
I don't remember Mike. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, dude. It's been a long time. But I was 11, 10, 11 years old. So my memory of you, Michael Stewart, was just seeing you in the field, just with your name in the back of your jersey. Hey, Mike, I mean, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was Derek taking a shot that you and I are old. Yeah, no, no. no I mean, trust me, I feel old too right now. Or he, he got the pacifier out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I use, uh, I mean, I'm 11, you know, 11, 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old during that era. And, you know, there's a lot going on in teenagers' brain especially. But I just, there's a flash memory of just seeing Michael take the field and Stewart across his back and of course you know remember when pro set had their football cards i had michael's pro set car i remember that so that's some of the little things that i remember i probably still have that car bike somewhere it's somewhere in my mom's house i'm sure buried now i'm gonna go look for sure i'm going to look actually but um you know and i guess i need to ask right away steve how is the coronavirus now affecting your life he said Hollywood, your your stuff's shut down at the moment, right? Right. Yeah, we're we're totally shut down. I, I was actually start supposed to start a a movie uh, a week ago last Monday, and uh, got the call pretty much over the weekend that uh, don't bother to come in because um, we're shutting it all, all down, which I had anticipated. So uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. There 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 are people with uh, with other worse problems than I have. So I'm not going to complain about, you know, not, not having to work, but, uh, you know, and, and plus it lets me, uh, uh, pr- um, devote more time to the draft, which I love. Uh, you and I spoke about the draft way back, back last mm-hmm. year, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I love the draft. I'm, I'm one of those guys that, that kind of digs into the, into it all and, and, and kind of get my favorites and, and go from there but uh yeah i uh you know there's always a silver lining to everything so i'm trying to trying to keep a positive attitude for me and and, and the family so you know we're just uh taking it day by day so day, day by day all right folks we're t- we're all taking it day by day here and get with mike here in a second get, get what's all going on there with him before we do, we want to remind you that we are sponsored by Jim Hawkins, Bacalwa's team. We also wanted to say, hey, we are available anywhere podcasts can be found. So if you hear about us somewhere, if you have to see us on Spotify, you guys elsewhere too. We're on Spreaker. We're on Apple Music. We're pretty much on everything now. So if you can, there's also one more favor to ask you. We are doing the best we can to get ourselves on 200 five-star reviews. And once we get there, we're going to give one lucky winner a gift card to NFL Shop to purchase their personalized Rams jersey, which who knows which jersey you're going to pick. Well, I guess we'll find out. So if you can, go to Apple Music. Leave a five-star review. It has to be written. It just can't, you just can't go click that five stars because it's, we're not going to know who, who put it. So write it in. Get a screenshot of it. Email it to me at ramstop1945 with that screenshot, and we know then who to enter into the contest. And we'll also read your feedback on the show, which reminds me, it's been a while, and I pulled it up today just to make sure that I do go here and, and read it for you. We have, I have three or one to read you today. This is from RPEN2358, way back in January. So sorry it took me so long to get, get these out. He says, number one Rams podcast. It's my number one go-to for LA Rams content. I live in Chicago, so my local radio is focused on Bears material. Dude, I'm so sorry, man. I look forward to listening to the guys break down the games on my, on my commute and appreciate the various options. Sorry, not options. 
misread that, opinions and insights they have in the team. I've gained a ton of football knowledge from listening to all the different shows provided and have a greater appreciation for the Rams. Keep up the awesome work, everyone, and let's go Rams. Dude, thanks. This one's from E110011. That's fascinating. That's an interesting... That's, I've never seen a lot of them with that. Number one Rams podcast. Great podcast. My favorite for Rams news and analysis. This is Boxing Ram. Because my go-to Rams podcast. Check this one out, Mike. This one is a beast of a review. You ready? This is a beast. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. I wanted to write my review on this podcast. Hands down, this is the best Rams podcast out there. I started listening to this podcast during the 2019 season. Honestly, wish I had known about before. Since listening, I've yet to miss an episode and plan to keep on listening. The conversations are always good when talking about our Rams. Derek and Michael always bring always have interesting topics, even in the offseason. Bunny Hans is also a great podcast to listen to with good back and forth with Steve and Johnny. Whenever I'm listening to, the first thing I do is open my iHeartRadio and click Rams Talk to see if there's anything new. I have tried other Rams podcasts, and hands down, this is my favorite. Man, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. I'm just saying. At Man, times... That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> when I finish listening to weekly podcasts, I want more, but I know it's only a weekly show, and I'm satisfied with what I get. I also agree with... I will miss the intro quote with Marcus Peters, but the cat isn't a bad one. I know there's a jersey on the line, but I was going to write with the review regardless because the podcast is great and hope to hear, hear it for years to come. Maybe hopefully I'll get the chance to meet you guys at SoFi Stadium. I hope my review wasn't too long, but a lot of great things, a lot of good things to mention about Rams Talk. Highly recommend to any Rams fan out there to get an earful of important, useful, and forwarded content regarding our Rams. Whose house? Rams house. Let's go Rams. You know what, Mike? That was some serious effort. Like, we've got a lot of great reviews. Thanks for anybody. But Boxer, if you're listening, dude, email me again. I'll let you come on the show and just talk some football with us, dude. Like, seriously, that was just... That took some serious effort, so we want to thank you for that. And the the, the, the offers yeah, man, there, man. That was nice. That was real nice. All right, so all that said, all that out of the way, <sighs> logos, logos, and more logos, guys. <laughs> I, I think this is a great conversation for Steve to jump in on because, Steve, you have a little bit more of a take than I have, and what at least from what I see in your comments on social media – and also, you're a Melonhead, man. You go back to the days in Anaheim. You go back to when you, you know watching Mike play and being a grown adult, where I was apparently a, a baby, a child, according to Michael. So your your view is different. I was I was framing this to Mike, and I was going, Mike, this is kind of a neat podcast because we have you, the player. We have me, who's more of the journalist. Um, who tries not to be the ultimate fanboy? And you are a fan. You are a hardcore fan. You've been a fanboy your entire life. Like you jumped on the moment you saw Michael Stewart was on the show. You immediately said Fresno State. You knew. Okay. <laughs> so you have a different view, and this kind of combination for brings some great conversation. And I, I don't. I don't think there's a bigger conversation to have right now than the logo controversy. This is something that pretty much every Rams fan is passionate about in some kind of way, whether it's the colors, whether it's the design, the helmet. And first off, before I really get into, you know, where things are going to go with it and get Michael's take, I want to hear your take overall. What is your view on the logo as a whole and this new logo 
that the Rams came up with last weekend, unveiled this last weekend? Well, you know, for me, it, it was, I saw it. Was I jumping up and down about it? No, I wasn't. But I wasn't jumping up and down in anticipation for it either. Um, I, to, to me, the most important thing w- was the colors. And the the royal blue and the gold or the yellow, whatever you want to call it, um, w- was the most important thing for me. Uh, I mean, I was a season ticket holder back, uh, uh, you know, it, it, from 1989 until 95 when they left uh, or 94 when they left. And then, you know, we had all those years where they were still blue and gold when they had moved to St. Louis. And I mean, the royal blue and gold, blue and yellow. And <clears throat> then after they win the Super Bowl, a change to those horrible at least the gold part was horrible, that Notre Dame gold, right? And to me, and plus they changed the logo, so the logo had an arch in it. To me, that was the, the, the worst thing ever, okay? That, that was just, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a horrible, um, you, know, it, you know, look. It, it just, it, it changed the look altogether. Now, obviously the horns are still on the helmet, which obviously is important. But the, but the, the Notre Dame gold was just something I could never get used to. Um, so that being said, I'm old enough to remember when there was an arch in the logo. Now that they've come back to LA, it's like, you know, logos change all the time. Logo, the, the logo has changed three times since they've been in LA. Um, last year it went to, the, to, that, to that blue and white, kind of more of the blue and white Rams head. Um, or I'm sorry, probably 17. It was 17 when it went to the blue and white Rams head. Um, but you know, it's it's been it's changed a few times. So when I saw the logo, I was like, yeah, it's okay. I, I was it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't, but I didn't I didn't really have this um, emotional, you know, feeling this, this anger that people seem to be having uh, on social media. I mean, there are guys saying i don't want to buy my tickets and i don't want to be a rams fan anymore and i'm like that's a little bit of an overreaction they got the colors right the logo is going to change over time again possibly and it might even change now obviously our friend eric dickerson is is there you know meeting supposedly with the rams and and trying to see what see what he he can get done but you know the point is is since the logos come out, there's probably been five or six different logos that people have done on on Twitter and that you've seen. And you go, every time you see a different one, you go, oh, yeah, I like that one. Oh, yeah, I like that one even more. So it's like, at what point do you stop and say, you know what, guys, we need to stop. We need to get pick a logo and be done with it because they have to put it on merchandise. There's all kinds of logis- logistics that go into putting a logo on, on merchandise um, you know, hats, shirts, whatever. Um, but again, I think like what you said, I think you and I had an exchange that it's really the uniform that's going to be the most important. The logo does not get me that excited e- either way. It's really the uniform and when the uniform is unveiled and, and what the uniform is going to look like. So that that's the most important thing to me. Mike, your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I definitely agree with, you know, you can somewhat go around and around. I think the discouragement from me now speaking from a fan's point of view is you assume that there are people who are 
paid probably pretty well to be able to sit around, brainstorm, and come up with something that's going to kind of pop. So for all this time to go by, and then what they came up with is like, okay, guys, what do you guys do? Go to the kindergarten class and (laughs) get some ideas, you know, because it just doesn't seem like, uh, again, talk to a lot of friends, people, season ticket holders. My son is one of them, and he was just so discouraged that he's like, Man, I don't know why I even did the season because if this is the logo, then there's a lot of skepticism on, well, can they really come up with a decent uniform? So uh, definitely, I don't know. I think the logo has a little bit more. I kind of kindly disagree with you a little bit, Steve. I think Mm -hmm. the logo has a little bit more to do with overall. I know the uniforms are probably most important, but when you're talking about merchandising and selling things, you you definitely want to have something that people want to wear and sport around. Uh, But at least number of people I've spoken with, they're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm sticking with the old. Well, well, we all know that that money talks, right? So if people, if people don't, if people don't like it, people aren't going to buy it. That logo is going to change awfully quickly. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's really, though, it's, it, I mean, from, like I said, for me, it's, it's the colors. And, and I understand there's, there, there's a, um, you know, uh, that logo is I, like, that's mine. That's my team. That's my football team that I want. I, and, and this logo represents it, not just to Los Angeles, but throughout the whole country. So when you see highlights on SportsCenter or, or, or what have you. Um, you know, you see the logo up there when they're doing a story about your team. You see the logo up there. So I get that. I understand that. But, you know, people are going to if they don't like it at the end of the day, you know, they're going to they'll they'll change it or the you know, at least they'll have, um, you know, the, the, they're going to have a financial stake in this thing. Right. Obviously. And, you know, at the end of the day, money talks. And if they can't sell merchandise, they're not going to sell merchandise and they'll change. And you'll see how quickly they change that logo. Um, but, well, you know, the I, question I, is, can they are they allowed to at this point now they displayed it? Because, I mean, the merchandise is out there already. It's flowing out there. The right. I mean, is there a point where they're contractually bound to keep that logo or are they even able at this point because it's easy to underway yet to change it up? Cause they have, a, they have contracts here. That's my question. Is are they even allowed legally to do anything about it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, because you know, you would think before they actually started selling the merchandise part of it, uh, obviously they enter into whatever contract, whether it's, a year to, you know, sell through a particular, uh, you know, store or, or merchandise company, be T-shirts or hats or whatever it is. And I'm not sure. Now, on the logo, would it are they Adidas or I haven't even paid that much attention. Nike, are we Adidas? Well, Nike. Nike, Nike is the yeah. supplier to the NFL. So it's, it's, yeah, it's so. And, and supposedly, supposedly Nike was involved in the design as well. Yeah. Well, uh, which it, which goes back to your point, Mike, is, is like, what were they doing? What were they sitting around doing? And they came up with this, um, you know, because you have seen a couple of things on social media that either fans or some somebody who has talent um, came up with, and it says, and and it did. It looked nice. It looked nice. But at one at what point 
do you do you cut it off and say okay we have to make a decision now this is where i will agree with you in the sense that um you know they didn't really have a lot of fan input on this i, I guess they had a few fans that that came that, right i that was that's my understanding focus um, groups and and focus groups and and you would think that obviously the people who are professional you know graphic designers were involved in this whole thing so from that standpoint yes it, it was it was disappointing um you remember back a few, uh was it uh, 2017 when they went to the blue and white helmets mm-hmm. where they actually put out on social media do you like the white face mask or the blue face mask right i don't know if you guys remember that i remember that yeah but they actually did they actually did a fan vote and the white face mask which i happen to vote for um is the one that won right so that was the one they've used with the white face mask as opposed to using a navy face mask so you know they hindsight's 2020 but you know four logos that they had designed and say hey what, what do you guys like they could have done it that way and obviously they didn't go that way so my issue with it overall is that they it's like they they say we listen to all the fan feedback and and they had to because they got the colors right i mean at least give them props for that because they could have gone so many different ways and now we see some fans and their logo is going back to to the navy blue like no get away from the navy blue just don't touch it why are you going back to something you most of the fans already said no to that's that that might look good for you but i don't want michigan colors west virginia colors cow colors i want rams colors and the rams got right. that right so you don't need this you don't need to do too much just you got the colors right. That was one of the biggest things you and I agreed on that, right? You got the colors right. And how is it, though, in today's world, with all these creative minds we have in California, anywhere in the country, the person who designed our, our Talking Halos logo is outstanding. Okay. I, I, it just blows my mind that they came up with something that people didn't love. Like, did you not... Take this logo back to a few select people you would trust in those focus groups and say, what do you think of these logos? I mean, you would think they would, right? But we got petition after petition petition on this thing. With I can't even Lindsay Theory from ESPN put that up there. Rams <laughs> Rams, oh my gosh, petition. Which the Rams yeah. aren't gonna care about, by the way. They're, they're gonna care about the money. Right. Hey, you know, well, what? again, quick but that, question. but that, but that, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Steve, quick question. Uh, because what I was saying, you know, on Sunday when we talked about it, me and Derek, that the logo looked more like a, a newscast, you know, you know, welcome to Good Morning LA. And so, from a motion picture, an aesthetic standpoint, digital media standpoint, does that logo work easier than? you know, maybe something else that we think of a logo being. Well, I, I'm going to preface my statement by saying I'm a numbers guy and not an art guy. Okay. Uh, uh, so I, I don't, I don't know the creative part of what you see up on the screen. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably the least creative of the three of us right now, but that, that being <laughs> said, the thing the, the, there's two logos, obviously the, the, the one with the, the, the C and the Rams and, 
or what looks like a C is supposed to be a horn, but it's a, it's a, you know, it's the horn with the rams and then the actual head of the ram itself, right? So you're talking obviously about the one with the, uh, with the rams. And and I think the problem is it does look more like a C than it looks like a ram's horn, right? They need it first to glance. At first glance, it does. At yes. least, yeah. And I think they needed to curl it around a little bit more. But, you know, you're right. I mean, these, this is what people, this is what apparently or supposedly these people did for a living is is create this what's supposed to be art. And, um, you know, it. It was it was a fail. It was a fail. But again, I don't get that excited over it. I don't know. I am I am one of those people, Michael, that I am so thankful that this team and I'm not going to take us off on a tangent, but I am so thankful that this team is back in Los Angeles after 21 years. Oh, absolutely. Um, that I that I don't really care if they ran out there in in Aqua. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's I mean, I am so thankful. I am so thankful because, you know, my dad, my dad used to take me to Coliseum. So I actually, my first Rams game ever, they were actually wearing blue and white jerseys. I was six years old. And so I've gone from the blue and white to the blue and gold, which I love the blue and gold. Obviously, blue and gold is everybody's favorite. Um, to what they had in St. Louis, you know, after 2000. Uh, to know where we are now um so i've kind of been through all of that but i am just so thankful the team's back in la you know and so that's why i'm not that excited about it either like yeah would i like it be improved of course everybody everybody wants to go and buy new gear right everybody wants to go out and and have new stuff for the new stadium and you know that being said i'll go back to my other point is if you don't like it don't buy it Wear your old gear and, and save some money. Everybody needs to save money in these times, you know? And you know what? They'll get a, that will get a message to the Rams quicker than a petition will. Well, you make a great point. And, uh, Mike, I want to get your, side on, your thoughts on that as well, like you said. But I do want to make this point because our buddy Steve, my buddy Steve Sky had a really great quote um, just a couple of years ago when he and I were talking about it. And... He said something very similar to that. It was, bottom line, I have to walk into bars and bark back and forth with Raiders and Cowboys fans in a ridiculous logo now. Dress your soldiers so they look cool. That's a great point. That's a great point because you're in a transient town where you have fans of different teams here. You know Raiders fans are going to talk trash. You know 49ers fans are going to talk trash. You know Cowboys fans are going to talk trash. And... You you want your your hometown fans to look decent, man. You want to be proud to wear the colors. I also want to point this out as well. The Chargers have one of the coolest uniforms in football history. I'm not talking about the team. They've never done jack. You know, they've never won a Super Bowl. They've embarrass themselves as an organization numerous times, but the uniforms themselves, those powder blues, they're going back to those. And those are some of the most beautiful uniforms you're going to find in the league. You, and they're trying to get a piece of, the, of this pie in the SoCal area. They're trying to win this fan base over. 
We all know they are. They came into they came up to L.A. saying, "We're going to battle for L.A." We all laughed at it because we saw them as a joke. But as you get younger fan generations of fans up there, style matters, and you can't go out there looking like a bunch of clowns on the field, especially when you're a team like the Rams that has the traditions they have. I mean, that's just my thought. You want it's more it's it's about. If they say it's about the future, right? Steve, you guys remember this. Steve, Mike, remember the debate that I, I don't know if Steve you saw it, but I had a debate with a, a mini debate with Mr. Demoff, and he said this is about the future fans, right? This is about the the winning over the future, modernization, so on and so forth. Well, you're you're not going to win anybody over if you put out a crap product on the field or in your image. That's the world we live in. Mike, agree, disagree. Listen, I, I mean, I get it. Chargers will never get the fan base here, first of all. Raider fans, they don't count really anymore. Irrelevant. They're now Las Vegas Raiders. Think about that. That sounds weird. Uh, so I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. But I will agree to a degree with the the idea if, you know, they're thinking they're going to get a younger fan. You know, I don't know. It's kind of like Steve said. I remember when I went to the Coliseum. There's a lot of people that now are at the age who could actually afford to go to games and so on and so forth that remember the same memories. You know, some remember when we were out at Anaheim, but there's more that go back to the Coliseum day. So that speaks for itself. I think even being able to play there these last couple of years brought back some nostalgia, but I'm going to say the one thing, I don't know if you guys remember when Mike Singletary was coaching with the 49ers and, you know, kind of got fired because, you know, kicked the dude off the field. But one of the quotes he said was something to the effect of, you know, we need winners. So, mm-hmm. We're going to be winning more than the Chargers will. So at the end of the day, you know, as Singletary would say, I can't play with them. I can't coach with them. You know, we want winners. So at the end of the day, most people are going to go, whether they jump on, you know, we're going to always have the diehards. But you'll go, you're going to get the fans who want to be with the winning team. Now, what they're wearing, I don't know. But I, I definitely agree that – if the logo, you know, outside of contractual agreements, if it's really that bad and perceived that bad, they'll move on pretty quick. Oh, hold on, Steve, before you jump in, I just, want to th- I just want to clarify this. I'm not saying that the Chargers are going to win the market. I'm saying the Rams are going to lose more of the market than that we thought they would if they have bad unis out. They have a bad image out there. If they have, if, if they don't dress the part, especially for that younger audience who's finding their team then they're going to lose some fans to a team that looks better. I mean, that's just the nature of the world that it is. I'm not talking about the diehards. The diehards, like us, the ones who've been there forever, are going to love this team through 1-15. and We've been there, done that, worn the T-shirt. Okay, I'm just saying right, right. you're going to lose some people that you normally would not lose. That's my only point there I'm really trying to make. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 I mean, you're making the point of, you know, style points. There are a lot of these young, you know, whether it's Gen Xers, millennials, whoever you want to call them, uh, that that like style. So, yeah, absolutely, you know, style is going to come on. That's why I, 
I, I don't want to say I think it's kind of a, a, a joke floating out there, but if you said there's already merchandise being sold online and so on and so forth, well, I guess it's a real thing. I just don't see that any company that wants to do business in a big way, they're just going to say, we're going to force this down people's throat unless their information says something that we're just missing. Yeah, I look I, again. I'm going to go back to the because I am a money guy. I'm going to go back to the money, and I'm going to say the NFL uh, reaps uh, some benefit in the selling of Rams, you know, merchandising as well, right? So if the if the reaction to it is so bad from a financial standpoint, in the in the sense that people are not buying merchandise, it, it's going to get changed. It's going to get changed really quick. Now that being said. Um, I think where the Rams fell short is the hype. They hype this thing up mm. so much. There you go. There you um, go. And the expectations. I mean, it was like a countdown. It was like right. and people on Twitter were going, oh, my God, two more hours. You know, we're right. in the middle of a pandemic crisis. We're in the middle of of, of my dad is 89 years old. And, and he said, you know, Steve, I've never seen anything like this in my life before we are in the middle of a pandemic crisis and people on twitter are saying two two more hours two more hours till the till we reveal the logo one more hour 30 minutes 10 minutes i can't wait people and and rightfully so people were excited because they needed to get excited about something right because yeah. of the times yeah. we're in right now people and so rightfully so people are excited but i i, I shift the blame i shift that blame a little bit to the ramps because as much as I dislike the Chargers as much as anybody, you notice there was no hype about their logo. Right. They revealed their logo the other day. Right. It was actually a nice logo. You know, it's actually they did a little thing with the A, with the lightning bolt, and it was actually a nice logo. But there was no hype. There was no – I mean, I think the where they missed their mark here was the expectations – were so high that that logo had to be so good for for eight for ninety or you know ninety five percent of the people to like it because you're never gonna have everybody like it, but it would the, the the expectations were just too high and so I think that is where they missed they missed the mark and they should have just come out with it and uh, uh, you know hindsight again twenty twenty but. I would have liked the idea where they maybe came up with four or five and said, hey, let's put this online. Let's see. And I think that would have been a good idea. I just want to throw this out there, too, because I'm I'm thinking about what you're saying. And that's been on my mind. I mentioned a couple of times. But and if by chance, by some weird reason, the Rams happen to listen to the show. I don't mean anything personal with Kevin DeMoff here, but... The constant trolling after a while did get old, and it felt like it was almost to the point where we went from being a joke to now it's very I'm almost mean spirited towards the fans, and I didn't really care for that. I didn't. Even, I mean, just the whole thing the other day with um, I want to bring this up: Rich Hammond and JB Long on their podcast, and they're just kind of. They're apologizing for the Rams a little bit, but Rich Hammond before that, on his Twitter feed, was just saying, well, I don't understand. It's not that big a difference. This, these two logos, because they're comparing the nicer logo with the, that brings the horn around, and it's just a, it's what's a big difference. It's a huge difference, because 
we've been with this team forever. We are entrenched in the lore of the franchise. We know the ins and outs of it. And it kind of shows the separation of media and front office people from the actual fan base when you aren't able to dig in to what really makes the people who have stuck with you for 40, 50, 60 years go. These these are the fan base. These core fans have stuck with this team through two relocations, one away from the city and one back. And when that team got back here, they were wearing a uniform that they didn't like, and they were a horrible football team, period. No reason to really enjoy watching them play in 2016. They stuck yeah, they didn't have that. a choice, but they they didn't have a choice in 2016 though. They were they could not have changed the uniform. I'm, but I'm point. not saying, know, I'm just saying I'm I'm just yeah. outlining what the fans have gone through over the course of 20 some years and right. how bad they've been. But even before that, even before the Great Show on Turf, they were bad for 10 years before that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you know, I, winning cures a lot of a lot of ills, right? So yeah. I mean, if if they get out to uh, a great have a great season and end up in the Super Bowl and, win, and end up winning a championship, uh, that that's going to cure cure a lot of ills. But um, you know, I, I again I I'll come back to that to that point is that if and and I will defend Kevin Demoff by the way I I've actually had uh, personal dealings with Kevin Demoff and. He is a very good executive. He's actually a very, very nice guy who actually does care a lot about the fans. And and this is my this is my personal take because I've had personal dealings with him. So I, I look, organizations make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as much as the logo. And again, I I'm not crazy about it, and and I'm not cr- uh, crazy dislike it. I'm I'm kind of more in the middle, but. You know, obviously the 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 reaction to it's been really negative, and and you know organizations make mistakes, and you know they're human, right? Um, maybe now they have a chance. Now, Derek, you make a great point. Now, legally, can they? Can is there anything they can do? Do are they locked into a contract? Whether it's Nike, whether it's the NFL, you make a great point. So we don't know that the answer to that, um, but you know they have an opportunity to change it if they can if legally they're they're allowed to and and we'll see what happens but again for for me i am way more interested if they're gonna and if they're gonna sign greg zerline i i I really (laughs) need them i mean i i think i think field goal kickers are underrated in terms of importance what do you think michael (laughs) you lose michael for that one no, that was that was a good swing there, man. Well, you know, I, I'm yeah, like, I, I, at some point, I get a headache over this whole logo talk. So yeah, yeah, it's like, I, mean, I, it's know, like I understand this is this is the show, but but you know, I I, I am really more interested in the you know what's going on in free agency and yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what you know what do you think about Ashawn Robinson? You know, I mean, yeah, it's like a lot of chatter. Out it's there. like there's a there's a there's a there's a lot of good good talk about there, and and the and the logo thing is is great for social media. I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of banner back and forth and, and trust me, I, I, I was on there doing my own little trolling of, of people who are getting so excited about it. But, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I know it's an emotional thing for people, but I, I guess my, my perspective is a little different because I'm just one of those guys that's thankful and thankful to Kevin Demoff, by the way, because what a lot of people don't know is Kevin Demoff was <laughs> at a big, 
big part of them coming back to LA. I mean, obviously it's Stan Kroenke's money, but um, you know, and this is obviously from a Los, a Los Angeles standpoint, not from your listeners out in you know, like you, Derek, in other in other states or other territories where they didn't really care where the Rams were located. But you know, for people like Michael and I who grew up in Southern California and have a tie to the Los Angeles Rams, them coming back to LA. Um, is something that I joke. It was like the happiest day of my life, that and the birth of my son. And I'm not even sure which is which, which is first and second. But um, you know, I, you know, for me, for me, it's like I'm happy for them to be back. I understand how emotional the the logo situation is, but I'd like to talk football, anyways. My- yeah. So as far as Big Zerk, uh, yeah, I I, I don't want to say they're overrated. I think they're definitely underrated in the sense of the importance you know a lot of times like hey man field goal kicker all you gotta do is go in there and kick but man you talk about one position on the field that is probably probably most highest pressured position on the field i mean you're literally expected to stand over on a sideline Maybe as they're approaching field goal range or whatever, go kick a ball in the net. But you're you're expected to nail something down the middle, whether it's raining, wind blowing, snowing, no matter what the conditions are, you're just supposed to be expected to, to hit it. And, you know, the good ones, they do that more times than not. But, you know, when I unfortunately went and was with the Dolphins, you know, I mean, we had Stoyanovich, who was just lights out. We get down in his field goal range against Chargers second round of the playoffs, and, man, we're going to the, you know, championship game against Pittsburgh, and he misses a chip shot, and you go, what? What just yeah. happened? Yeah. So, yeah. absolutely, you you want to have a guy who can hit that, that field goal when it's most needed. Yeah. Uh, Derek, did we hijack that conversation to another – we we need to, to tie that up. But I do want to I do want to close out the uniform conversation with this. And and you mentioned the uniform is what Matt. We talked about that a little bit online, and it is true. If the uniform turns out to be amazing, we're not going to care too much about the logo, or not. I mean, th- we'll just get stuff that is uniform based. Now here's the problem. We have conflicting reports out there that and it wasn't flew under the radar. It was a, a real show with Ben Albright, and I put it up on Twitter, and he noted that his he has a source who's seen the Rams uniforms, and they're, according to his source, horrid, just as bad as the logos are. Okay? I'm not sure if they use the exact word horrid, but horrible, bad, bad, okay? Um, the Paler and Robinson podcast the same guy who, who reported, you know, the leak. You verified the leak that that was the logo, the draft hat logo. Um, he said they've heard that the Rams uniforms are awesome, and so there's mixed messages out there. And one of those one of those guys is wrong, and those are two very credible sources of information for news for for NFL news. Albright on one side and Robinson on the other side, and Paler for that matter too. So. That's going to be fascinating to see. It's the logo matters. It matters, but I can just as easily, if the uniform looks great, go buy a jersey, or I can go buy a shirt with the helmet on, or something like that, and be happy. I don't have to buy a shirt with that logo on if I don't like it. 
But now you mess the uniform up. You know, the uniforms, I think, they are the essence of what this team is. It's, what, it's one of the things that has set the Rams apart for decades, is the, the horns and the helmet, you know, the colors, the the shoulders. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Those are yeah. If they botch that up in some kind of horrifying way, then they're in trouble. And I'm hoping – I really – you know, I was critical – a little bit of, of Kevin DeMoff and, and just talking about the separation. It's not really personal, Kevin. I think I'm, I believe you when you say you, when you say he's done a great job. I believe you, and I believe that his heart was in the right place. I just don't. I think they missed the mark, and I, I'm concerned now, long term, how this will you know affect the franchise in terms of his footprint. Because I believe this team, in my heart of hearts, and this is the fan coming out. Is a is a legacy franchise, and it may have no impact well, at all. By the way, right? I mean, obviously, it's it's you know you got Charles Robinson coming out saying the uniform's amazing, and you got Ben Albright coming out saying who Ben Albright hasn't seen a uniform. He's getting this from somebody who has seen the uniform. Correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, but I think he he hasn't seen the uniform himself. It's just somebody Correct. he knows on the inside who says he's seen the uniform and doesn't like the uniform. So he's getting it secondhand. Charles Robinson has a different opinion. I guess he's getting it secondhand from somebody else. And that's um, how it works. Out. I think it's, it's always going to be a right, source. Right. Of, of course. But they have the colors right. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're going to be wearing uh, green and purple. Okay. They've got the colors right. So – if you if you go go using that that they they're, they're going to do the royal blue they're going to do the the what they're calling soul i guess soul ye- yellow mm-hmm. um the the colors um you know then you know we'll see you know we all the horns are important the helmets are important i think the helmets are as important as anything to be honest mm-hmm. the import, the helmets are as, as important if if more important than the uniform itself and as long as they can keep the helmets um, you know, if they want to do a little shading to the to the to the yellow horn, fine. But you know what? Just keep that keep that that iconic horn on there, the yellow horn with the royal blue helmet. Fine. That that's that's the way it should be. And hopefully that's that's what's gonna and you know, the uniform we'll have to wait and see. I mean they're they are trying to appeal, like you had said there, to a younger a younger fan base. And I and I and I I guess that is what they're trying to do to try to make the 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 uniform or the logo more more hip um which hip isn't really a it's an old term but uh you know they're trying to they're trying to make it more palatable to the to younger to the younger audience so we'll see i mean you know you got you got two opinions one says it's horrid and one says it's fantastic um maybe it's something in between we'll see mike you wore the helmet you know how much how does it affect you personally if you were to see that helmet changed? Well, it's interesting, and I'm going to jump on two things that Steve has talked about. One, how much is it going to matter, uniform, logo, or whatever, if you're winning? Not much. Uh, then second one, personally with the, the logo, it's kind of like for me growing up watching Rams, favorite team, uh, being a, a two-sport athlete in college and deciding on playing football because the Rams drafted me. If it had been another team, I probably wouldn't even went anywhere. Uh, that being said, for me, it was just 
being ecstatic about being drafted to the NFL, then drafted by your favorite team growing up, local place, you know, a few hours away from college, if you will. So I didn't never, I've never been one of these people. Oh, I got to look sweet. So we play sweet. It was just like, Hey man, give me my stuff and let's Mm -hmm. go get it on. You know? So some guys really take, you know, a lot of uh, pleasure in how it looks and colors and matching. And, you know, I was just more of a guy, you know, I guess a little bit old school. Hey, just give me my gear as long as it's protected me and and let's go. (laughs) So I don't know how much I really, you know, if the horns were going opposite direction, if that would even matter to me. (laughs) So uh, having said that, I do like stability, if you will. Uh, And so that being said, maybe I'll still like, you know, the the style that, that I wore just because it was a style I got drafted under. Well, there's two things that come back to me. It's Chris Long on social media talking about how when he put those horns on, when he put that uniform on, he used to think, he was imagine he was Jack Youngblood. And there's the other one that comes to mind about Fred Dreyer pointing at the Rams helmet and saying, this is your brand. And those things do matter. The, the helmet matters. I mean, you can do a lot with the rest of the uniform to me, but if you mess with that helmet, and what I'm really thinking about is the new Rams horn it, that's in the logo. It's in every part of those logos, the, whether it's the Ram head or... The um the other, the uh the what you call it? the, the um the newscast logo, <laughs> it's in that logo too, and it yeah. both has that division in the horn. I, I don't, I wouldn't, I I'd have a hard time with it. I mean, it's so it's just a small minor thing, but it's still it's symbolic of the history of this team, and you guys know how I'm about history. I mean, well, what you're talking about you know, though, Derek, is you're actually talking about culture. Mm-hmm. I so am. the difference with you know what I mean? So the culture with the the Jack Youngblood and the Fred Dreyer years and things like that, there was a culture of winning, a culture of brotherhood, a culture of, you know, L.A. represented L.A., you know, from a bigger standpoint. That's why it was so, one, disheartening when the Rams left the Coliseum, went to Anaheim, took a lot of heat for that. But then when you go from Anaheim, like St. Louis, I mean, that still is one of the things like what? How did that even happen and why? I mean, we know a lot of money was involved, I guess, at the time, but that was just weird. So like Steve said earlier, uh, just so excited that the Rams, you know, because how many teams actually move? from their home center, that would be like the Ravens moving back to the Baltimore and say, now the real Browns are, are back. So, uh, but yeah, I'm just glad that actually it's a real Ram team, original Ram team is back, and we're not going to be at the Coliseum. You know, obviously a lot of renovations and parking needed to be fixed for, for that to really work. But they'll be, you know, in their own spot that's going to be huge and and nice and and close enough to L.A., you're still going to have that true hometown L.A. feel. Uh, and I just want to ask Steve, how how do you feel about us sharing the stadium with the Chargers? How long do you think that's going to last? Well, I was I was not happy about the Chargers coming to L.A. Obviously, along with all of of the rest of the L.A. Ram fans, you, you don't want to you don't want to share the market. You don't want to share the uh, the glory of it, but um, you know what? That that being said, I mean, as far as the stadium goes, I don't know that it's really going to matter that much. I mean, 
I mean, they're going to they're going to plan their Sundays. We're going to plan our Sundays. Um, I, I, I don't I mean, I'm kind of like if I was a Chargers, I would have. If I was uh, the Spanos, Dean Spanos, I, I would have stayed in San Diego and tried to work something out but and have my own market. Uh, I don't think the market's going to work real well for them unless they all of a sudden become a, a winning team. Because if you win in L.A., you, you're going you're gonna to draw fans, right? Um, but I, uh, unless they, you know, unless they turn it around in the next couple of years, uh, I think it's going to be really hard for them to sell out that stadium. I mean, let's put it this way. They were in a 35,000-seat stadium last year in which 17,500 were the visiting fans. Um, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for them. It's going to be really difficult for them to to sell out a seventy thousand seat stadium when they have um, you know especially the tickets are expensive as they are. So I mean, that's even smaller know. than that though. It, the what? Um, Dignity Health Park is like twenty seven thousand. It's even smaller than yeah than yeah. 35. I think it was I think it was I think it was thirty two, but. Yes, it was a small, very, very small, small stadium. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, you know, and I have my season tickets for next year, um, and 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 they're they're not cheap. <laughs> I mean, if you want to sit somewhere somewhere, you know, nice and, um, but you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't know from from the Chargers perspective. Um, you know, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be tough, and and especially seeing games on TV. If you have forty thousand fans, and and trust me, Michael, when the Rams were bad in in ninety two, ninety three, uh, the Chris Miller years back in Anaheim, yeah, um, I was there. Y- you know, I mean, you remember there there were thirty five thousand fans in in a seventy thousand an- a seat Anaheim stadium, absolutely, and and you you saw a, a lot of seats. You know that that didn't have any that were unoccupied, and and it does not look good on TV. And the NFL doesn't want that. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty interesting what what happens this year in terms of uh, uh, of fans and in the Chargers games and 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 how they fill the seats there. I mean, obviously, visiting fans will come to LA just like they'll go to Las Vegas for the Raiders games. I, I don't think either team's going to have a home field advantage. All right, so. We're going to move on real quick here. Just want to just give a shout out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk, his book, Hollywood Teen, Great Glam, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. If you love a good story about the Rams history and you know why, and if you want to know why I'm passionate about it, why Steve gets passionate about the team and its history, Mike, even though Mike is more of a, you know, modern man when it comes to the Rams history, we will, uh, I tell you, go check out this book. Check out the story of how the Rams. In the 50s and 3 in 1957, especially with Jim's dad, John, telling that's his story of, the, of Hall of Famers, Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Chrysler's Hearst, Tom Fierce, Les Richter, all in this story that just spans this decade. It's how they get entrenched in L.A. lore. So check it out. Hollywood Teen, Great Glam of the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find the story on, you can find his book online at hollywoodteen.com. On Twitter at Hollywood Team, and it's available on anywhere book, books can be found, including Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So check it out. And just real quick, one more word from a sponsor. All right. So before we go, guys, I want to play a quick game with you. A little bit of true or false. All right. And just let me know 
if you agree or disagree with this statement with true or false, okay? True or false, Steve? The Rams are rebuilding. False. Explain. Oh, I thought you just wanted a one-word answer. Yeah. Well, first of all, their whole offense is, is back. The quarterback is back. The four wide receivers are back. Uh, obviously, Gurley's not back, but I am a big Daryl Henderson fan. Uh, I think they will address that in the in the draft as an, another running back. Malcolm Brown is still a very serviceable, good player. Um, the offensive line uh, getting back healthy um, is going to be really deep and 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 a year more of experience. So I think the offensive line is going to be really good. I, I think they have two of the best young tight ends uh, on one team in terms of Everett and and Higby. Um, so I think the offense is going to be fine. I think golf will rebound. Um, golf did not have his year like he had in 18 and, and I think he could, he'll rebound and, and, uh, I think he will, he will be as good as he was in 18, if not better. So I think the offense is fine. The defense is going to have to be, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a work in progress. The young guys are going to have to step up the young middle linebackers that they like Kaiser and Howard are going to have to step up. Um, Oboe on the outside is going to have to step up. Samson on the outside is going to have to step up. So, you know, and the guys they have in free, they got in free agency, we'll see. We, we, we don't know yet. But uh, I like their safeties. Michael's better to talk about that than, than I am. But I think, um, I think to say this is a rebuild year, no. I think they could easily win this division. Um, I, I think Sean McVay, most importantly, will have a better year than he had in 2018. Or 2019, I should say. So... Um, I think, no, this is not a rebuild year for them. Mike, same question, true or false? The Rams are rebuilding. True. On Ooh. one side of the ball. On one side of the ball. <clears throat> but not I, overall? I just think with, well, we saw what happens when you bring a lot of guys in, switching them in and out. You lose a guy here, lose a guy there. You bring this guy in, this guy. You know, it takes time to gel. So now you you bring in almost total new coaches on defense. You got a new scheme. And I just say rebuild, given the current environment we're in, there's only so much you can do on the chalkboard and playbooks uh, and teach guys how you how they respond to you by voice. Uh, you got to be out on the field to do that. So with the current environment not being able to do that, unless they're sneaking under the radar, somewhat breaking rules, uh, I say it's rebuild. I agree that offensively we should be solid. You know, our line should be better, back healthy. You know, we signed Witt and Blythe back. So that should be, you know, create some stability. You got the same OC basically with Coach McVay. And so – uh, that I think will be solid. I think we actually upgraded the running back. You know, Todd had some great Whoa. years, and this year he may prove us wrong because, you know, he may have something to prove. Like, I'll show you guys I still have some left in the tank. But I just believe whatever happened with him, coach, coaches, something, uh, he just probably needed a new scenery. So I, I think we'll be fine at running back. But I just think overall defensively, just because new scheme, new coaches, new players, that's going to take a little more time uh, to gel. But yeah. I agree, secondary-wise, we uh, we should be solid because we're returning the same guys. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have Jalen Ramsey for a full season. Right. Um, we, we get Johnny Johnson back, who I think is a pro bowler. 
um, you know, we'll see about the other side with, with, with Troy Hill. You know, he's got a, a full season. You know, his, he, he only had a, half, had a half season where he played pretty well. But, uh, you know, we'll see about the secondary. But, you know, we have a new defensive coordinator. And like Michael just said, obviously it's going to take time for guys to gel. And, you know, we might have to score three, four touchdowns a game for the first half of the season uh, to win football games. But I think they can do it because I think that offense can get back to where they were in 2018. And I, um, I and I really believe that. And I, and I think I think Mike, Mike makes a great point about about Gurley. And I know I know Derek because I can see you. You raised your eyes to that because yeah. you don't because, like that. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know what? This is where I will agree with you, Michael, because Todd. It almost felt like sometimes McVay was calling plays last year to acquiesce to Todd in the sense that he wouldn't get the ball for a while, but then he'd get it like six straight plays. And I, I think I think it kind of messed with McVay's head a little bit in, in calling plays because he wanted to make sure that after the game, Todd was okay. And, that Todd, you know, Todd's press conferences and, and, and games that they lost, it looked like he, his dog had just died. Yeah, I mean, it was not very good for morale. Now, I'm not saying he's not a good teammate. I don't know. Nobody, except if you're in the locker room, you don't know that. So I would not say that. But I'm just saying, as an outsider looking in, it didn't look like he was very happy. And and he obviously wasn't happy with McVeigh a lot of the time. So I think, you know, you, you, got, you got a young guy with fresh legs and Daryl Henderson. I know he's coming off a little injury, but... You know, and I again, I think they'll address it with with something in the draft, and and who knows, maybe a, a free agent before it's all said and done. But uh, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in 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 Henderson, and I, I think along with him and Malcolm Brown, they still have a guy named John Kelly, who people forget about, who in his rookie season, the preseason, was actually really good. So, uh, you know, it's the offensive line. The offensive line is going to be key, obviously. But um, you know, I I, I think. You you're correct. They're going to have to score. They're going to have to score points because it's going to be a new system, and they're they're going to they're not going to be as good as you know the last two years um, right off the bat in terms of you know the, especially in the pass game. The run game they might be even better though because in the run game they were not very good um, the past couple years. They they struggled. Well, they struggled year. in the running game la- last year and and even the year before. So, well, I look at the. <sighs> I mean, they're well, one false. They're not. They're not rebuilding. But on the same token, this is a year that they are clearly taking a step back in terms of at least the defense. I mean, the guys that have made an impact for them, a lot of them are gone. And now we're going to find out how good this team has been at developing those draftees that are still on the team. They have a bunch of guys. I've said ad nauseum the last couple of weeks. Twenty-two out of twenty-seven. Players in the last three drafts are still on, the, on this team, which is a really high number. It's unheard of. So for them to still be the team that says something, can they develop into NFL starters, and in some cases even starters plus, kind of like Lilton did, okay? That's one thing I, I want to see. We're going to find out. But when talking about the running game, I, I part of it is just we gave – we gave Sean McVay a lot of garbage last year about his play calling, his unwillingness to commit to the run. In going back and having watched some film and just looking at, at just 
how bad this offensive line was running the football. I'm not so sure the problem was Gurley. It was a problem, by the way. We can go back and in that same film see Gurley didn't have that same burst through the line. But that line wasn't opening holes either. They weren't getting pushed forward. They weren't they weren't getting guys back on their heels. And if that was happening throughout the year in practice as well, then all of a sudden you could understand why Sean McVay wasn't too happy running the football. I just want to point that out. Months right. later. But it was Yeah. The, the the first half of the year they were they were horrible. I mean, they were not good in the they were horrible in the run game. They weren't great yeah. in the in, in, in pass protection either. Um, you know, when No Boom and, and um Brian Allen go down, um Bobby Evans played really, really well for them. And David Edwards played really well for them. Um so I, I could see, you know, and, and Whitworth had ankle surgery at the end of the year. So he was playing on a bad ankle for we don't know exactly when they, that happened. I don't believe, but he was playing on a bad a bad wheel for for, for a while, too. and 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 Blythe too. So now and now you have Blythe. I, I think this a better position is center for him. He played really well at center last year, um, and and so you get those guys back healthy. You get uh, Big Rob at right tackle, who hopefully will be be a little bit better than he was last year, and will revert, revert back to two thousand eighteen. Um, so I, I think this line's going to be really good and it's got depth. It's got depth. I mean, you, you know, with the new CBA, you have to dress eight offensive linemen this year. So, um, it's, it's got good depth. I mean, if you, if you, and, and if you're talking about Austin Corbett and you're talking about no boom, um, I mean, there, there's, there, and Edwards, you got, you got some good, good depth and you got guys who can play you know, either side of the line, who have played either side of the line. So I, I, I like the offensive line a lot this year. And to be honest, I don't even think you need to spend a high, a lot of mock drafts. I'm looking at. I, I see, um, I see them spending a high pick on a, a offensive lineman, and I really don't believe you need one at this point. I mean, you have to plan for the future, right? Uh, Whitworth is probably going to play one more year, but um, you know. I think you have a lot of options there, and I think you have a lot of good young talent there. So, I don't know. I think I think the offensive line is going to be key, as well as the defensive line on the other side of the ball, which you know it, it's a key on both sides. So, well, I had, a, I had a couple of questions planned for you guys for true or false, but we're way over time today. So let's go to one more at you guys. Going to start with you, Mike. True or false? You have faith in the current Rams? coaching staff entering 2020 I have what would be considered shaky faith (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're referencing when you say that too (laughs) Uh, you know I I have faith I just uh, I'm going to agree with Steve in the sense of it's going to be a lot of probably more pressure this year than any other because again of the expectation. So the expectation, new stadium, hey, new uniform, new logo, new all this, new this, new that. Well, let's get back to this playoff game and back to beating up on the Niners up north. So that being said, given, again, the climate, the circumstances, they're not going to be able to have the extra voluntary OTAs and all the other things that would come to preparing 
for a new season, especially with new coaches, new players, and so on and so forth. You know, the idea that, oh, well, these guys are pros. It's like, yes, but myself having played under a number of different uh defensive systems man we would have all these extra voluntary you know otas in the off season just to try to get you know the new terminology down and all those kinds of things so that not being the case you're you're talking about you know going into a season with half if that much of preparation time so in that that sense i say shaky faith uh, in the sense of, I think our defensive staff has a lot of ground to cover more than the offense. Yeah, I, I, I have confidence, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball. I, I mean, I, I need to preface by saying I'm president of the Sean McVay fan club. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. Unofficially. So let me ask that in this case, officially, true or false, in turn, you have faith in the 2020 staff. I have faith offensively in the 2020 staff. Um, you know, we have a new defensive coordinator, so nobody really knows how it's going to, how the, how the puzzle pieces are going to fit. How are they going to, and, and Mike makes a great point because of the way the season or what we're going through right now in terms of the OTAs, there's, there might not be any OTAs. There might not be an, any type of being able to install this new, new defensive system. So teams that have new coaches, uh, on either side of the ball are going to be at a big disadvantage, you know, come, come the summertime. That's so I, you know, I have complete faith in McVeigh and the offensive side of the ball. I think bringing, bringing in Kevin O'Connell is huge. Uh, uh, you know, they didn't really have, they, they lost Zach Taylor last year. And I think that was a big, big miss. They brought in, uh, I think Zach Robinson to be uh, the quarterback coach and they've actually reassigned him, I think to the wide receivers, but you know, I think golf missed having that extra voice in the room, and I think O'Connor will be that voice. So, from the offensive standpoint, uh, I'm I have a 100% faith. Defensive is it, defensive standpoint is a big question mark. I mean, they they still got Aubrey Pleasant as their ba- as their defensive backs coach, who is very highly regarded. Uh, Joe Barry is still the linebackers coach, uh, so they still have have a little continuity there, but. You know, they got a new DC and a new way of doing things. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see um, see what happens. But, yeah, it's going to put them behind the eight ball, uh, at least defensively, you know, for, for, for a while. All right. Um, I'm the Debbie Downer right now, I guess. I do not have faith right now in the staff as it is. And it's not because I don't want to have faith. I just haven't seen enough overall as a group, how they're going to function. For many of the same reasons you said you don't have faith on the defense or so on and so forth. So overall, I need to see it. It's a lot of guys who have never been in that position before with a rebuilt uh, defense with all just basically new everywhere. And I'm not sure that they'll be able to do the job with a you know, young head coach who had his own struggles last year. I don't have faith. I'm not saying it won't come. This is not me saying they're going to do awful. This is saying right now I'm a little bit slower to jump on the train. And we'll get more of that in as the uh, more true and false as we get closer and closer to the draft. We haven't even talked draft guys yet. We really haven't even dug into it yet. I guess it's it's time for us to start. So we'll have to see if Steve wants to come around a little more as he digs more into the draft. 
Well, I got I got nothing to do right now, so I'll be available. <laughs> a lot of us don't have something to do right now, so there you go. You're one of our draft gurus. You've now been anointed. There you go. So yes. all that in mind. <laughs> um, we are looking for sponsors for next season for this new st- stadium, this new era of Rams football. Reach out to us at ramstop 1945 I know pretty much nobody's looking to do that right now, but we still should put it out there. And our offer still stands. If anybody wishes to advertise on the show, just because, hey, you guys do have carryout now, for example, and you want people to know it so you can get some food and keep your business alive, we'll do that for you. Let us know, okay? Email us at ramstop 1945 at gmail.com and we'll be glad to talk with you and make that magic happen and we'll do it for free okay uh, also remember we are part of the big heads media podcast network go check out their podcasts they have i'm telling you for every team almost for every genre from crime to comedy they got it go check them out all right don't forget to follow us on twitter at talk rams on Facebook, we're at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Mike at 1Duke23. And I love this. You can find Steve at Steve's Quality Tweets. It's at Rams Rome. It's R H O M E 16. Rams Rome 16. Well, Steve's it, Quality it, it's Tweets. It's actually Rams. Rams are home, but yes, oh. it does look like Rams are home. <laughs> <laughs> That's so embarrassing. Yeah. So there you go, live. I missed that. So I missed the uh, the uh, play there. Okay. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher. Yes, I still call it iTunes. iHeartRadio, Android, all those places. And so it is now time for us to finally shut down for the night. Hope you enjoyed a second straight live show. That means if we messed up, it's there for you all to see in all of its glory. For Mike, for Steve, and for our entire staff, this is Derek C. Paul saying, take it easy, we're out of here, and we'll see you Sunday. We're out. We out. can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League.
Listen wherever you get your podcasts.